for me, the big thing was just changing three words in my mind. Like I hate sale. I still hate sales, hate marketing, hate networking, but I love helping. I love teaching and I love connecting. And if you are just so hung up, like I was on sales sucks, it has to suck. Think of it as helping, thinking of marketing as teaching, thinking of networking as connecting. For me, that just let me show up in a whole different light and made it so much more enjoyable and productive. Welcome to Smashing the Plateau. We help consultants, coaches, entrepreneurs, and small business owners build their businesses after long careers as employees. We believe you should be able to do more of what you love and get paid what you're worth consistently. I'm your host, David Schreiner-Khan. Today on Smashing the Plateau, I'm speaking with the founder of Mimirin, Ruben Swartz. In today's episode, you will learn how you can have great conversations in an organized way and increase new business. Stay with us to hear all the details. How do you feel about where your business is today? Most of us do our best work in collaborative, supportive environments. Come explore ours. The Smashing the Plateau community can help you build your business through engaging discussions, live events, a private communication platform, accountability partners, and lots more. Learn more at smashingtheplateau.com. Now let's welcome Ruben Swartz. Ruben is the founder of Mimiran, where his experience as a sales and marketing consultant for the Fortune 500, who struggled with his own sales and marketing efforts, led him to create the fun anti-CRM for independent consultants who love serving clients but hate selling. He's also the host and chief nerd on the Sales for Nerds podcast. Ruben, welcome to the show. Great to be here, David. Thanks for having me. I love the concept of consultants who love serving clients but hate selling because this is one of the most common comments I get from our community members, which is, I hate marketing. I hate selling. I just like doing the work. Yeah. And I certainly went through that myself for years. And I'm glad that you have this community of people because I didn't have that. And so I thought I was the only one. I thought there was something defective about me personally, and, and maybe there is, but that's a separate story from there's common reasons why a lot of us service-oriented people end up hating sales and marketing. Because I think we absorb a lot of the wrong lessons about what sales and marketing really means. So in your own process, how did you end up creating a CRM? Very accidentally, I started building tools for myself uh, just to make my life easier. And some other people said, hey, can I have access to that? So I took these tools that I had made for myself and, and sort of turned them into an app. And people kept asking for more things. And I didn't really intend to, to do anything with that. I was going to make recommendations to people. But I really didn't find some of the things that we needed as independent consultants. There are a lot of tools out there for e-commerce type situations where you get an email address and you do a whole bunch of email marketing or you have a big sales team that follows up with people who download your white paper or whatever. But I didn't really find something that was really working the way I wanted to work. And the original idea was it would be things you could plug into a CRM. And people kept telling me, hey, Ruben, I really like your stuff. Mimarin seems to work the way I work and think the way I think. I hate my CRM. Can you just make Mimarin do the CRM stuff too? And of course, I said, no, that would be crazy. The world doesn't need another CRM. And if for some reason it did, I would be the last person who should build it because I hate CRMs. And people started saying, well, that's probably why you should do this. 
And looking back, it makes a lot of sense because traditionally CRMs are built for the VP of sales to keep track of the sales team. They are not built for somebody who doesn't really like sales and marketing, who's trying their best to do it in their spare time to develop and nurture relationships. So that's how I sort of accidentally backed into this. I just got so frustrated and hearing my customers getting frustrated as well, we thought there's gotta be a better way that we can do this that lets us kind of show up naturally as we are, but still be organized and effective at growing our business. Uh, you're right. There are tons of CRMs out there. What is so unique about independent consultants that they need another CRM? Well, I fought this for a long time. But as I mentioned earlier, typically CRMs are for the VP of sales and they are designed to keep tabs on people. And I always felt when I was using a lot of the enterprise systems my much larger clients were using that I was working for the tool rather than vice versa. And this is a common complaint that I hear from people, you know, have this or that popular tool, but I feel like it's getting in the way, it's too much for me, et cetera. And at the same time, it they don't do certain things that you really need. They don't make it easy to keep track of your referrals. They don't make it easy for you to really hone your messaging. They don't give you a good way to convert visitors to leads and conversations. They don't do proposal automation, et cetera, because they're not built for that. And I thought, well, what are the things that I need to actually have conversations with people, to turn conversations into clients when appropriate, and just kind of stay organized? What would that look like? Well, it looks like a whole lot of a traditional CRM gets carved out. And then you also have a bunch of things that a traditional CRM doesn't have that we really need as independent consultants. And just as one example, one of my favorite features is there's a peer leaderboard where you can connect with other users. And all it does is share how many conversations are you having and how many are they having? And the idea is we might be solo, but we don't have to be alone. And there's something about having that sort of encouragement slash competition that even though you know that, that it's there just for psychological manipulation, it's really helpful. So instead of thinking, gosh, it's the end of the day, let me go do some research or other things that I, I'm going to put in the sales or marketing bucket, but they're not really that productive. Oh, I see David's ahead of me on the leaderboard. Let me go talk to some people. And that's really when good things happen. So I'd love to actually talk a little bit more about consultants that hate selling. How does Mimiran help them get over their hate of selling? Sure. For me, part of it was we all kind of can pull up that image of the sleazy car salesman. And I and a lot of people kind of go through that phase where you're like, well, gosh, I've got to do that because sales is part of the business that maybe I didn't appreciate before I started. But a lot of what we do is we don't proactively generate pipeline and then we feel a ton of pressure when we get some random referral and we try to act like a salesperson and we go, gosh, this sucks because I know I shouldn't really be trying to sell this person and why is it so hard? With Mimarin, we turn the whole thing upside down. We start with, who's your ideal client? Let's actually really zone in on who you want to talk to such that you're not trying to convince them, they're trying to convince you that you ought to help them. And then how do we stay organized and have conversations with people so that I don't have to just call someone up just to close? I just want to have good conversations with people in my world, prospects, partners, clients, advisors, vendors, et cetera, in a way that, that I can feel natural. I can feel more like a doctor who's got a bunch of people in the waiting room. I'm going to talk to people. I'm going to do what's right for them, what's right by them, because that, that's how I want to show up anyway. That's normal and easy for me. And the right people are going to raise their hand and say, how do we work together? 
I'm going to get more referrals. I'm going to get more business from my existing customers, paradoxically, by not trying to sell anybody, but by actually having conversations. One of the things that I fought for a long time, because I'm an introvert who hates sales, is if you're in the consulting business, you're in a relationship business. And if you're in a relationship business, you're in a conversation business. And I tried all kinds of things to automate my way out of having conversations. And the problem was then when I actually had to have conversations, they tended to be awkward. And instead, even as an introvert, if we structure our conversations with intention, we can have a wonderful time having conversations as I'm doing right now with you and good things will come from that. Could you walk me through an example of someone who is an independent consultant who has gone from the traditional CRM to Mimiran? Yeah, there's a lot of examples to, to pick from. And usually what happens is I'll sort of create a mosaic. Somebody says, oh gosh, you know, my spreadsheet isn't cutting it anymore. I need a CRM. What CRM should I use? And some of the popular ones, and I don't pick on them as, as tools or as companies, but say like Salesforce or HubSpot, Pipedrive, great tools for the context that they're designed for. But what typically happens with these independent consultants is they say, gosh, this is a real pain in the neck. This is worse than my spreadsheet. I can't tell you how many people will subscribe to a year of Salesforce and three months in, it's collecting dust in the cloud because they don't want to log in anymore. And I've, I've been in that situation myself, so no judgment implied. But what we want to do instead is not make consultants act like quoted salespeople. Like that's just not how we roll. And instead, we want to be able to channel that service orientation, that mission to help people, to teach people that actually lights up a lot of independent consultants. If we can channel that energy in a productive way, lo and behold, we're going to have more conversations with people who want to become clients. And it doesn't feel like selling, feels more like we're making it easier for them to buy. Right. So it's creating a, a system and a process for staying in touch and, and having real live conversations with those that you're closest to and those that are more likely to bring you business. That's exactly right. And then it lets you layer on top of that. Well, let's use lead magnets and other things to bring new people into the world, into our orbit. But let's start with the folks that we already know. And I think for so many of us, we've kind of lost track of what I think we learned in kindergarten, right? Like you just talk to people and that's how you create a relationship. And I know for years, I didn't do this because I didn't want to feel sleazy. Like the only reason I would talk to you, David, is if I think you might give me a referral. And instead, what if I just enjoy talking to you? And then, you know, months, years down the road, maybe there's some referrals, maybe not, but I like talking to you. So let me keep doing that. There are people that I talk to that I'm never going to do business with in any way, shape or form, but they have interesting thoughts about raising kids or whatever, some other interesting topic that I'm like, I get something out of this. So let me keep doing that. And hopefully they're getting something out of it as well. And if we can do that, I like to think of it as we're not trying to automate, we're trying to organize. There, I'm not saying there's no place for automation, but so many people, and, and I was a big part of this as well, we try to automate our way out of having conversations instead of automating our way into having conversations, right? Using automation and other tools as a way to facilitate conversations. Instead, we, we try to replace them 
And then we're stuck having these sort of desperation conversations of, oh man, I got to go close this lead because it's the one referral I got recently. Yeah, I, I think actually what you just said about trying to automate rather than organize is fundamental. I can't tell you how many times I see professionals, whether they're consultants or, or, or frankly, whether they're employees that are trying to avoid having a live conversation, right? People don't put their their phone numbers in their email signature or they you have to go through multiple hoops just to figure out when, where, and how you can have a live conversation with them. Yeah. And I don't think you have to necessarily say I'm available at all hours or any particular hours for you to call me and interrupt my day, but let's block off some time where you can pick a slot that's going to work for you. And and by the way, if you can't find one, let's work something out to make sure that we can actually have this conversation. And something that, you know, I used to think if I can automate things, one, I can avoid the conversation that I'm uncomfortable with because I've turned it into this thing that I'm going to be uncomfortable with. And two, I can scale or whatever. But it turns out that trying to optimize all that stuff with automation actually takes longer because when you're in a consultative business, it's so much faster to just have a conversation than go back and forth over email or whatever. Yeah, I've had so many conversations with people when they're already working on on a deal with a prospect where there is some potential sticking point and there are multiple emails going back and forth. And I say, well, why don't you pick up the phone and call and have a discussion about it? Because maybe you guys aren't so far off or maybe what's important to you is not what's important to the prospect. Amen. And um, when they do actually have the live conversation, their suspicions are usually proven wrong and the deal closes much faster. And then when it closes, you're also setting the project up for much better success because you know you're working on the thing that actually matters as opposed to trying to guess in the dark what is going to be important to somebody. So speaking of which, when the project closes, let's talk about how you maintain those conversations with existing paying clients versus trying to fill your pipeline? Because I I see this also as a potential problem for many consultants. Yeah. And I struggled with this for years and I have all the books on my shelf about, oh, you know what, you got to keep doing business development while you're delivering work and here's how you do it and blah, blah, blah. And I would kind of force myself to do that a little bit. And then I would just get so busy and exhausted that the mental energy that was required to keep doing the business development just wasn't there. And then it would like just stop and then the project would end. And then I go, oh crap, I got to do business development again. So what I tell everybody is do a little bit of business development. A little bit is better than nothing. Even if it's half an hour a week or an hour a week that where you're actually following up and talking to people. And of course, a big part of Mimarin is organizing this so you don't have to think about it. You can just say, oh, I'm due to talk to David. Let's talk to him kind of thing. And that was a big issue for me, right? It's like, okay, I have all these people I need to keep up with. Who do I talk to next? And I would sort of spend more time staring at that and trying to organize it than actually having conversations. But whether you've got a spreadsheet or a stack of sticky notes or whatever, block off some non-zero amount of time every week to just keep having these conversations. And I like to divide it up into current clients and past clients, partners and prospects, and then other random people that you just kind of want to talk to, podcast guests, podcast hosts, whomever it might be. And I sort of like to batch it up that way, but you could do it 
any way you want. As long as you've got that time allocated in your calendar, it's much more likely to happen. I think what tends to happen instead is we put all the other stuff, the reactive stuff in our calendar. We tell ourselves that business development is our number one priority, but then we get to Friday afternoon and lo and behold, we got real busy and no business development happened. So instead, even if we're really busy, put 30, 60 minutes, couple hours, three, four, five hours a week into your calendar to have these conversations and you won't go through those uh, deep feast or famine cycles because you're still keeping things going as you actually deliver client work. Now, when you don't have a lot of client work going on, you know, maybe it's 20, 30, 40 hours a week of business development is very different. But the main thing is it should never go to zero. And that's what happens to, to, to me. It happens to so many of us. And then you end up in the famine part of the cycle. Right. It's all about keeping organized. Ruben, one of the things you mentioned earlier is awareness of what other business owners in your space are doing. Can you talk a little bit about your own experience connecting with other like-minded business owners, particularly in a community setting? Yeah, I think one of the things that we try to get away from when we leave corporate and we start our own business is like, we don't want all the BS. We want to just do our own thing. And that's great, but we also need help. Whether or not we want to admit it, probably the less we want to admit it, the more it's true. And we will, I think there's something about other people going through similar experiences, which tends to be really helpful. Not only can somebody often point out your problem that you're just staring at too closely to, to notice the forest for the trees. But sometimes in the act of helping somebody else, you learn something that you can then apply directly to your business. So I'm a big fan of the notion of community, the notion of being solo, but not alone and being able to help each other out. And a lot of this stuff ties together in a virtuous cycle where I find some people, and I, I went through this when I started out too. It's like, well, you're having trouble partnering with people because you're too broad and you're, you're kind of like trying to hold on to everything. You don't want to send that lead over to so-and-so because you could maybe handle that, even though it's really better suited to them. And as you get more confidence and you have the system for talking to people and you get your positioning really tight, lo and behold, some of those people in, in the community, you say, oh, you're the expert at this. I'm going to send that person to you. That's great. And you're feeling confident enough to say, gosh, I'm a little bit full and this isn't really the right thing. I'm going to send this person over to David. They should really talk to David, et cetera. And before you know it, you've created another engine of business development that can go on without you having to do all of the work, right? You still have to nurture those conversations, those direct relationships, but it, you've sort of enabled a virtual sales team for yourself. How great is that? That is pretty awesome. Ruben, before we close out, is there anything that I haven't asked you that you'd like to mention? Gosh, I think for me, the big thing was just changing three words in my mind. Like I hate sale. I still hate sales, hate marketing, hate networking, but I love helping. I love teaching and I love connecting. And if you are just so hung up, like I was on sales sucks, it has to suck. Thinking of it as helping, thinking of marketing as teaching, thinking of networking as connecting. For me, that just let me show up in a whole different light and made it so much more enjoyable and productive. Well said. Ruben, if somebody wants to go deeper with anything we've talked about today or access any resources that you have, where would be the best place for them to go? 
They can find out more about the anti-CRM at mimarin.com, M-I-M-I-R-A-N.com. And we'll have a special set of resources for listeners at mimarin.com slash STP for smashing the plateau. And of course, you can also catch my podcast with wonderful guests like yours truly coming out soon. I don't know exactly when uh, at salesfornerds.io. Sounds great. Well, I want to thank you so much, Ruben, for taking the time to join us today on Smashing the Plateau. My guest has been the founder of Mimirin, Ruben Swartz. Ruben, thank you again for joining us. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. When you visit the Smashing the Plateau website at smashingtheplateau.com, you'll find a summary of each episode along with the links we mentioned on the show. On today's episode with Ruben Swartz, we learned how you can have great conversations in an organized way and increase new business. How do you feel about where your business is today? Most of us do our best work in collaborative, supportive environments. Come explore ours. The Smashing the Plateau community can help you build your business through engaging discussions, live events, a private communication platform, accountability partners, and lots more. Learn more at smashingtheplateau.com. I'm David Schreiner-Kahn. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our show. I'll see you on our next episode.